alternating. Good morning and welcome to Thursday Thyroid Talks, hosted by yours truly, Sarah Lohman. I'm here to provide you with real life experiences from thyroid warriors who have been diagnosed with hypothyroidism, hyperthyroidism, Graves, and or Hashimoto's thyroiditis. This series is my way of giving back to the thyroid community in order to help combat the feelings of loneliness and isolation that so many of you are feeling. I provide that support by holding space for women from my thyroid community who volunteer to talk and share about their thyroid journeys with you. I'm hoping this series will help women struggling daily from tons of life-altering symptoms by bringing in awareness and change to how they are being viewed and treated. But first, here's a quick message from my sponsor. There's never been a more important time to keep your immune system healthy and strong. Monolaurin is one of the top natural supplements for immune and digestive support. I love monolaurin and have used it for years because of its natural antiviral fighting properties against pathogens causing my own thyroid illness. With over 200 academic references exploring its immune health properties, the company Natural Cure Labs decided to formulate a unique blend of monolaurin and provide a naturally derived product supported by industry experts and researchers. The company Natural Cures Lab decided to formulate a unique blend of monolaurin and provide a naturally derived product supported by industry experts and research. Monolaurin is one of the top natural supplements for immune and digestive support. It's carefully extracted from lauric acid, which is a beneficial fatty acid found in coconut oil, with some incredible immune supporting research. So today, I am featuring a thyroid warrior named Linda. Hi, Linda. Hi. Thanks for here with me. Thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. So if you could just uh, introduce yourself with the basics and then start at the beginning of wherever your thyroid journey started and some things you want to share that you've been through up until about where you are now. Okay. Um, well, my name is Linda. Um, I'm actually 51 years old. Um, I have two children. I'm married, and I'm a retired teacher. Um, my thyroid journey started uh, 27 years ago. It was after I gave birth to my daughter. Um, she was probably about five months old when I found a golf-sized uh, goiter on my throat. And so after going in and having that looked at, they asked me, um, I just went to my family physician. I didn't know what else to do. So his advice was that I had to stop nursing um, because they would need to give me a radioactive dye to go in and look at the nodule and see what was going on. And I went to uh, the biggest hospital in Dallas. They decided just to do a sonogram. So I gave up nursing for no reason, you know, which is already, you know, hormonal, um, your hormonal at that time. So anyway, um, they found um, a pretty good size. I don't remember the millimeters or anything. Um, goiter there and um, basically sent the report back to my doctor who he drained it with a needle in his office three times um, and it finally did not fill back up again. So at that time, they didn't think that um, it was anything concerning. They said it's common with pregnancy. So I accepted that. Um, went on. Yeah. May I ask how they, the, I've never heard of them draining a, a goiter. How, how does that procedure look or what do they do? Um, I basically, he just numbed it with lidocaine and went in with a needle and was able to pull out liquid and, mm -hmm. you know, the size with a syringe. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it wasn't painful at all. Yeah, it was really not a big deal. So, you know, my worst fear was, oh my gosh, you know, they're gonna have to go in, cut my throat open, get this out, whatever. So um, I didn't realize, I guess at that time that there was uh, symptoms of thyroid going on before that. I would say probably since I was a teenager, I had been having issues. I was always underweight, um, mm. but I didn't concern anybody. And I was constantly trying to put on weight. Um, I would come home on Friday afternoons at 
you know, say four o'clock after school and I would crash and not get up until like four o'clock Saturday afternoon. And, wow. you know, they just thought, oh, she's really tired, <laughs> you know, and I've always been a person that needed a lot of sleep. So um, I seem to have plenty of energy as a kid, you know, and as a teenager, it seemed like I had a lot of energy, although I really required a lot of sleep, 10 hours minimum, and I still do. Mm -hmm. um, so then, you know, you go through the pregnancy and they're testing my, my thyroid, you know, out of concerns with the goiter and they're telling me it's normal. So I'm like, okay, it's normal. I guess we're good. And a few years later, I think this was after my son was born, you know, he might have been three or four at the time. Um, I was talking about the situation with some ladies. Um, I was at a retreat and I just reached up and did this and I felt it again. And I was like, oh, guess I'm going to have to go have that looked at. Of course, I'm not thinking anything. So um, this time they sent me to big, uh, the biggest hospital in Dallas. Um, and this time they did needle biopsies and they took at least 10 different samples um, I was awake, you know, they numbed it, they went in and got samples and they tested it and they said no signs of cancer. So what they were telling me then is just the nodules that are on there just happens sometimes. They gave it a name and they told me that um, I went ahead and went to see a uh, endocrinologist in Dallas and I've only seen one endocrinologist and he just told me that whatever this is will eventually cause my thyroid to stop working. And I'm like, okay, can we prevent that? He's like, no, it's just going to progress over time. We can't tell you how long. We're not concerned until you get to the point where you can't swallow or it's impinging or it's causing, you know, coughing, um, which it hasn't so far. And so I was just going into um, ever so often and they would sonogram it. And so this was all happening on the right side. The last time I went to him, he was more concerned about nodules on the left side, which seemed to be larger. So um, throughout all of this, he's telling me that, you know, even through the exhaustion and the mood swings and the, you know, just all the things that go along with having thyroid condition, you know, I, I can look at the list and I have every single symptom. Yeah. So I started losing hair. I started putting on, I put on about 25 pounds, um, just wanted to sleep all the time, just was an emotional mess um, and wondering, I have this wonderful life. I've, you know, achieved the things I want to achieve. I have a wonderful family. Why do I feel like this all the time? And he was just telling me, no, your thyroid's normal. So eventually I just kind of just, you know, thought, okay, caffeine it is, you know, I got to get through the day. I'm teaching fourth graders. I've got a family of my own. I'm going to school, working full time, all of these things. So, um, you know, you just kind of self-medicate. You take your multivitamins, you try to eat healthy, but you got to have caffeine to get through the day. So um, I eventually went to a clinic that's here uh, close to me that uh, they specialize in women's hormones. And so I went there and got tested and uh, found out not only um, low vitamin D, low thyroid, but also, you know, the, the conditions for hypothyroidism. So I've been treating it through them for probably, well, when I first started, it wasn't covered by my insurance. So I started it up and then it just got, it, it financially was a burden, you know? So I thought, okay, let's see if I can do this on my own for a while without seeing them. And I stopped going. And then eventually I was like, no, I can't, I've got to continue that. Cause that was the best I had felt since I started. So now I do take something. I take a T3 and T4 medication daily. Okay. Like armor thyroid. Yes. I take, um, Lyophyronine and Lexothyroxine, I think is what they're called. Okay, they have you on a combo. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So how many years has it been since you started the medication? I would say I've been on it the past two and a half years. And it's helped you significantly? It did in the beginning. I really noticed a difference. Um, and I, I know that it's still helpful, but I'm, I'm kind of at that stage where I'm tired again. And I'm actually reti I'm retired from teaching and I stay home. Um, I take care of the house and the, all of our animals. Um, 
And I'm just finding I have to fight myself every afternoon not to lay down and take an afternoon nap. It's either caffeinate um, or lay down and take that nap to get past dinner to be able to stay up, you know. Mm, and then sometimes yeah. you get so tired you can't sleep. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So you made a lot of really good points. So 27 years ago, was that around like the early um, 90s? Yes. Late 90s? 93. Yeah. 93. Okay. So I would say that thyroid conditions weren't really on the radar yet. They weren't. And, yeah. And there was, you never really met anyone that talked about it. Social media was also like barely getting going. So you, there wasn't a lot of like now how you can just find tons of people with hashtags and groups. Yes. And so that must have been really hard because there was really no information for you to, to go to. There was no Google search. Exactly. And, and so you literally were just at the mercy of what the doctors told you. And it's like, okay, this is what my doctor's saying. So I trust them. And that was your source. And if they're sitting here saying, oh, you're fine. And they never mentioned medication. And, and then what you said is how you're like, my life is perfect. I have everything I want. And why do I feel this way? That really, that really struck my heart when you said that, because that's, I think so many people would resonate with that right there, you know, and yes. it's, it's so hard to just be yourself and, and be happy and appreciate what you have when you just don't feel good. Yes. And then you start to think, is this a mental illness thing, you know? Right. depression and anxiety I know yeah. are a huge part of, of uh, thyroid problems that people don't recognize right and then so say you go to the doctors then if you spiral down that alley then they just tell you you're depressed and then you don't yes. realize you have a thyroid condition they're just telling you you're depressed so here's some exactly. exactly and it can easily get misused yes and then you feel like you're broken Yes, mm -hmm. absolutely. Mm -hmm. And these all, all of these multifaceted things that go into thyroid condition. I mean, I'm I'm happy to hear that you're still married, because a lot of women actually lose their relationships over their yes. thyroid conditions. I, I have a very patient husband. We've been together 31 years, and he's you know been by my side through all of it. So. Good. I'm oh, glad. What a sweetheart. And there are some really good guys out there that will totally help out, pick up the slack, and be super understanding. And so I'm happy that's that's what you have. And fourth grade teaching, I love that you brought up, well, I didn't know what else to do, and here comes the caffeine. Yep. <laughs> and I love that you use the term self-medicating because that is exactly what it is. Yeah, you you have if you're me it, it well for you I don't you weren't even on medication. Well, let me add that during that time that I was going through all of that, and it just came to mind, um, I ha was having trouble sleeping. I had a blackout situation where I had to pull my car over, and throughout all of that and a sleep study, they ended up putting me on Adderall because I was so exhausted. You know, I couldn't stay awake during the day. My energy levels were so low. You know, they were testing my thyroid, but they were saying, well, they're normal, they're normal, you know. And I had to eventually take myself off of Adderall because it caused such high anxiety. Um, and that's a whole, you know, period of withdrawal because it is, it's a drug, you know. It's and it's legal meth. Yes, it is. Absolutely. And it was the worst. That was the hardest thing I ever did was stop taking that because it did give me the energy to get through my day. And it was, you know, I was great. I was like, everything's good. I've got energy to spare, you know, and then I took myself off of that and I really changed my eating habits. I grew mm -hmm. up on sugar. Uh, we mm -hmm. would have chocolate cake for breakfast. You know, uh, my lunch in high school was a bag of chips, a candy bar and a Coke. I mean, that wow. was what I lived on, 
you know, and now I've, you know, I've given birth to two kids and, you know, weight wasn't an issue up until about five years ago. And at that point when I started putting on weight and it didn't just drop off normally. And, you know, at that point I was like 46 years old and the doctors are like, oh, you're just aging. That's normal. You know, you're, and I'm like, bull, <laughs> I'm not yeah. accepting that. Yeah, so I do follow. I do follow a um, a program where I I separate my fuels. I separate carbs and fats. I eat them both. I eat what I want, but I just if I'm eating carbs, I limit the fats, and if I'm eating fats, I limit the carbs, which you know really helps my body to burn you know burn those fuels and kind of keeps it it doesn't get stuck in a rut you know, it kind of helps rev your metabolism and that's helped a lot. Eliminating sugar for sure. So mm -hmm. I use just stevia now. And I mean, it's been, been mm -hmm. a huge um, lifestyle change, but luckily I have a daughter who's vegan. And so I started making some of those choices with her anyway. And that eased the transition into, you know, getting rid of all the sugar in my life. Wow. I mean, that's like my daughter's dream to wake up and eat. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't it? <laughs> it works up until a certain point and then, you know, your body just starts to shut down. It, yeah. you know, you can't live just on sugar alone, you know. Yeah, you can't. And that actually, um, your point about the separating the carbs and the fats is actually a good one. Um, they are when you, I mean, a lot of us do eat them together and that's fine, but um, it is harder on your body to digest them both at the same time. Mm -hmm. And so that's interesting that you discovered that about yourself and that that's a good eating style for you. So do you eat, um, since you, your daughter got you on, you said vegan? Right. Or vegan? So do you bring, did you bring in more fruits and vegetables and beans? Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh. And I always liked vegetables when I was offered them. I would always eat them. Um, but the sugar really, it changes your taste buds. And you mm -hmm. don't enjoy your food because every time you're done with the meal, you're craving something sweet. Mm -hmm. So changing and taking sugar out, I have expanded the amount of things that I will eat. Um you know, and I enjoy the clean food more than I ever did before. You know, I still have a few sweet cravings here and there, but not like it was before. I mean, I would wake up in the morning, I would pop open a Coke and drink them until I went to bed. You know, now, you know, I, I've changed, I've taken all the sugar out. So I drink unsweet tea, I drink water, I drink, you know, things with stevia in them. And it's made a huge difference. Um, I do miss yeah. the little caffeine boost and every once in a while I'll sneak, you know, I do drink one cup of coffee in the morning mm -hmm. and I limit myself to one cup of coffee and every once in a while in the afternoon, maybe once every three weeks to a month, I might let myself have something in the, in the afternoon as mm -hmm. a boost. But I know if I get back in that habit, then it's just going to undo a lot of the good that I've done in my diet. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, great job on that. And I love what you said, because recalibrating your taste buds is so important. And, uh, you know, a lot of I actually was just talking to a gal last night, and she's like, I just don't know how to eat healthy. And it's that is the first step is you have to realize that, yeah, your taste buds, they get attuned to a certain sweetness. Yeah, like that fake sweetness that you would get from candy and soda mm -hmm. and I tell my kids this all the time like when they're like I hate green beans you know <laughs> like you have it is like a different your tongue has to go through a detox it's it real. absolutely does and uh -huh. your brain because we get a dopamine boost from mm -hmm. sugar and so yeah. you start to miss that but you can make mm -hmm. up for that with with other things you know Right. And so I think when I went through that recalibration a couple of years ago on my tongue, I want to say it took me, yeah, like a week or two. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden, things like oranges and apples and broccoli, they, they yes. tasted amazing, especially yeah. if you got an organic apple. 
versus yes. just a conventional because they have more flavor. And I was like, oh, this is heaven. So um, <laughs> do, you, do you happen to make fresh juices? Um, I don't because they're so high in sugar. I try mm -hmm. to stay away. Um, I do have just a touch of hypoglycemia. So I try to um, even limit. I do eat fruits, mostly berries. I stick to berries because they don't spike your blood sugar as much. But every once in a while, I'll sneak in, you know, some other things, an apple or, you know, an orange or something. Yeah. I just mm -hmm. try not to do too many but I can do them with berries. Yeah. I like to do, uh, I can do smoothies. I'm having trouble right now. I just did an advanced food test and found out that um, I react to things, a lot of things that I have had in my diet. And I'm like, okay, so I'm supposed to take out kale and I'm supposed to take out dairy. And so now I'm just trying to find substitutes for those things. So I'm kind of at a crossroads again. Mm. Well, dairy substitutes are super duper easy nowadays. There are so many. And you live in a big city. I live, oh. um, I live about an hour south of Dallas. And mm -hmm. so I'm in a very rural area and it's country farmland. So, you know, everybody's like straight out of the cow, <laughs> you know? So I oh, have to really, no. I have to order it or I have to travel, you know, a good while to get some of those things. Oh my gosh. I never thought about that. That's a good <laughs> point. Well, can you do Amazon fresh delivery? I haven't looked at that yet, but I need to. I did try um, Imperfect Fruits one time, or Imperfect Foods, and the stuff, once it got to me, it was in bad shape. Um, just oh. because where I live, it takes longer to ship out here. So I might try Amazon Fresh. Oh, and also Thrive Market. ThriveMarket.com. Okay. Yeah, Thrive Market is all alternative. That's all Okay. It is. Yeah. Nice. So, um, and it's tailored to women. <laughs> so everything oh, is, is really cute and beautiful. <laughs> yeah. And the prices are actually, so it's like Costco where you, you do have to have um, an annual membership. Oh, Thrive. Okay. Yes. I thought yeah. you were saying bright. Sorry. Yes. Yes. I've, oh. I have looked at it, but I haven't joined yet. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. So they're really great and you would be able to get them delivered. Um, okay. And yeah. So Amazon Fresh. And Thrive, I would say, would be two great deliveries because Amazon Fresh will actually, because they're contracted with Whole Foods. Mm -hmm. And so you can actually shop through Whole Foods on Amazon Oh, good. Fresh. Okay. Yeah. Good. Yeah. So Thrive has, because of the membership, their prices are a little bit less than Whole Foods. Okay. So you just got to play with it. But yeah, um, well, I'm glad you're doing really good with the... Um, with the limiting the caffeine and limiting the sugar and that you've spent so much time just figuring out what works for you. Yeah. Um, so it's a journey. It's, it's been a journey for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is. It is. Especially for 27 years. Yeah. Well, for you in particular, cause I, I can resonate with your story a lot because I started getting sick in um like you said uh probably around like 2007 but i didn't start noticing everything really coming on strong until it hit me hard in about 2009 mm -hmm. and it was sort of the same thing there was just no real information about it doctors didn't really know about it it wasn't on the radar and there was no alternative food um when i cut out gluten and dairy there was no alternatives. Right. It, it was like you eat, you have dairy or soy. Right. Even at Starbucks. Starbucks. Yeah. I remember when Starbucks started <laughs> offering almond milk options and coconut milk. Right. I was like, ah, because I, I, I never could go there because I couldn't do dairy and I refused to do soy. So it was such a bummer. Right. <laughs> You either learn to like black coffee or, you know, yeah. <laughs> black coffee with some honey. Yeah. And so, um, um, I, I was in the same boat where I, I self-medicated with a coffee as well, just mm -hmm. to get through the day. It was coffee, energy drinks, um, the yes. little shot, shots. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. And like you said, with the Adderall, I was so, uh, stimulated. Mm -hmm. that the anxiety, I was having panic attacks daily. Yes. 
Yes. Did you have a lot of panic attacks from the Adderall? I did. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and that's the whole reason I, I said I, I have to not do this anymore. I know, you know, it gives me the energy and I love it because I'm getting everything accomplished, but I can't. This is not a, something I can maintain with that level of anxiety and panic attacks. Yeah. Yeah. That other like dark side to it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Because, you know, then when you start having the anxiety and the panic attacks, it feels like your life and your world is closing in on you. Absolutely. And you just can't function. And you can't explain to anybody what's happening, you know? Mm-hmm. And from the outside, people look at you and go, oh, you, you know, you look perfectly healthy, you know, so what's your deal? <laughs> you know, why, why are you crying? <laughs> I know. It's like we can put our hair up, we can get our makeup on, we can get dressed up all nice, and we feel like crap. Like worse yes. than crap. We feel like death. Yes. But yes. we look beautiful. And even the doctors are telling you, there's nothing wrong. There's, your, your labs are normal. Just yeah. get more sleep, you know, yeah. just exercise. Well, yeah, that, that does help, but it's not the fix-all. Yeah, yeah. Well, and one of my doctors um, actually had told me um, I had asked to be put on antidepressants before I realized that there was um, that there was a thyroid condition going on, and he wanted to actually send me to a psychiatrist, and I'm like, I don't need a psychiatrist. You know, I'm like, it just, it just threw me off because I'm like, you're trying to make this, you know, I just need a little boost. That's all, you know, and, and he was like, no, I want you to go see a psychiatrist. I'm like, why? My life is wonderful. I don't understand. You know, everything is good, but I feel depressed. <laughs> I feel depressed because I have all these symptoms and I can't function. So if I didn't have all these symptoms and I could function, I wouldn't have depression. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Same thing happened to me when I was, I was having, again, it was like I was having to take so much caffeine to make it through my work day. Then I was having the panic attacks at work. And right. Um, when I was talking to customers, I was having panic attacks and I would have to run into the back room. Uh -huh. And, you know, I was just a mess. And same thing. I went to the doctor and I'm like, I can't function at work. And he's like, oh, go see the shrink. And so I right. go to the shrink because he literally gave me no option. He's like, if you don't do this, I will not, you know, I won't take exactly. you disability. I won't help you. Yes. So he forced me to the shrink. And I get there. And then she's like, how's your relationship? And I'm like, really? Yeah. Really? <laughs> <laughs> you want to talk about my relationship I can't go to work I'm forced to see you I'm a total right. mess and you want to know how my husband is <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> yeah so I did my best to um explain to her I only have these problems because of these problems and they're not associated the way you think they are Right. And, I, same thing. <laughs> mm -hmm. And so she was really cool finally and was like, okay, I'm only going to diagnose you as like temporary depression because of this. And I'm like, thank you. you right. know, I, didn't, I didn't want that going down in my chart that I had like yeah. mental illness. And then they really looked exactly. at Exactly. Because it's not, it's not a mental illness. It's a physical, you know, it's yeah. a physical ailment, you know, that... Mm -hmm. You just, there's, it's multifaceted and so few doctors understand it. Even the endocrinologist I was going to yeah. was absolutely just did not help me in any way. And yeah. uh, it's so frustrating. It is so frustrating. And that's why we talked about it because everyone is going through this. Just so you know, everyone is going through these exact scenarios. I talk to people, I talk to women every single day. Mm -hmm. So um, that's why it's important for us to talk about what we have done that's helped us. So you Absolutely. changing your diet, cutting out sugar, changing your diet, cutting down the caffeine. These have all been small wins towards yes. you feeling better. Reducing stress was a huge one. Um, you know, I was putting so much pressure on myself to be, you know, 
the perfect employee, the perfect wife, the perfect mom, and I had no time left for me. So self-care is huge, 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 huge. I can't tell people enough, take time to do something. Um, just disconnect for 10 to 15 minutes a day. I mean, find it, even if you don't have the time, find it. Um, I'm still not good at doing it as often as I want or need. I shouldn't say want because it's not a want. It's it's yeah. absolutely necessary. But yoga, um, meditation, deep breathing, there's so many things you can do that don't require money because a lot of people think, oh, self-care, I have to go get a massage. Well, no, that's nice. And that that is helpful. Mm -hmm. um, you know, but any form of holistic healing that you can do, to cut down on that stress and stop expecting yourself to be superwoman is, yes. is a huge thing. Thank you. Thank you. You know, and delegating and asking for help, yes. you know? Yes. And that was my hardest thing is to ask for help. I yeah. wanted to be everything to everyone and, you know, be Miss Independent. And it got to the point where it was like, okay, you know, if I'm going to continue to exist and not totally break down, I'm going to have to ask for help. And that was yeah. really hard to do. Yeah. I, I did start going to a counselor because of that, because I didn't know how to ask for my needs to be met. I was so used to meeting everybody else's and feeling like if I was needy, then I was going to be too much for, every, for my family, you know, and that that was a huge turnaround too to be able to learn how to voice what I needed. Do you have any tips on that? Um, you know, there are a lot of um, a lot of avenues you can go. I mean, even if it's just talking to your best friend, um, find somebody who will listen and under. You know, even if they can't completely relate, just have somebody that you know doesn't mind listening to where you are. You know, um, that's important. Self care. Um, Counseling. Yeah. I'm, I'm a big advocate for counseling. You know, we don't come with an instruction book. We're not given, you know, the rules of how this life works. And we all react differently. A lot of times we shame ourselves for our reactions. Um, you know, we feel like we're less than. Find somebody to talk to. Find a professional, you know, that will help you learn to deal with your stress, how to ask for what you need. Um, yeah. You know, but, but be your, your own, you know, health advocate. Keep looking. Don't give up. Um, you know, it's you hit a lot of walls when you have, you know, an illness like this. Um, and a lot, a, a lot of family doctors, they're just going to continue to tell you, you know, it's normal. It's normal, but not everybody fits into what is considered normal. So keep self-advocating. Keep looking. Find someone else, you know, just yeah. keep going. Right. Yeah. Self-care. My gosh. Um, I mean, I think being a mom really, um, you know, just it's so much service to everyone mm -hmm. else. And it's easy to get lost in just taking care of the kids, homework, bath time, dinner, you know, picking up the house it, it, and then the husband comes home and what does he need? And, you know, it's just go, 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 go right. for every, everyone else. And you, it's that's, so why I feel, mm -hmm. that's why I fell into the, you know, the self-medicating, you know, um, mm -hmm. looking for a fix. I needed the caffeine and for a while I went to the Adderall, you know, when I tried those things because, um, you just need to get through and you, you need to be there for your family. Well, my kids are grown now, um, 27 and 24, and I'm finally like looking at, oh, how now, how can I fix my, you know, how can I fix this? I want to be around for grandkids. I want to be young. I want to be, you know, able to go and do things with them. And so I have started to put, you know, my health on the front burner instead of the back burner, like I did when the kids were little. And had I learned younger, you know, I hope this helps somebody that's younger, that's struggling with that young family to, you know, you can miss an hour of those kids' lives and they're not going to miss it because if that hour makes the quality of the rest of the hours that you spend with them better, it's worth it. So don't put your health on the back burner. 
Seriously, amen. Oh my gosh. Yeah, grandma can babysit so you can go lay down so you can be nice mommy and yes. happy mommy. Do it. Yeah, because I, w- I had to do the same thing. There was when some of the alternative companies started coming out, there was um, there was this company called Khalifa and they made an almond milk mocha and it like a cold brew that you could just go buy out of, you know, the store, <laughs> like a big bottle. It was an almond milk uh, espresso or almond milk mocha. And they were like, they were my medication. I would slowly mm-hmm. just sip on cups of that espresso from the yes. moment I woke up until about seven o'clock at night to get through dinner yep. and get through everything. And yep. then I couldn't, and then I wondered why I couldn't fall asleep. Exactly. <laughs> yes. And then I would lay in bed with a racing mind, doing my tomorrow's to-do list from my phone. And, you know, then I had to use like maybe 12 p.m. to go to sleep or right. something. Yes. And it was a vicious cycle of stimulants and downers and stimulants and, and then downers. Because you felt guilty otherwise, or I yeah. did anyway. Um, we've got to learn to normalize you know, uh, getting through life with a situation like this. And we need to stop the mom guilt or, you know, um, guilting ourselves for taking those few minutes each day for that self-care because I did that to myself a lot. Yes. Yes. So I, like you, I never, ever did self-care ever until I hit rock bottom. And then, and then it almost was like an unhealthy thing because then I was getting resentful and angry that I never had time for me right and I would blame it on them but I'm like whoa this is not their fault I have to take care of me and I have to schedule it no one teaches women that how to take care of themselves they they teach us how to be nurturers and caregivers but not to ourselves you know right and then if we want to leave and go have lunch with our girlfriends or something um, it's like this big ordeal if yeah. like, to just leave for a little bit. And so, <laughs> so everyone needs to be retrained. And yes. Yeah, so, so some of the things I started doing, like you said, that really helped when I hit that wall of like, I'm going to, like you said, if I don't take care of me, I might die. Right. That's really how I felt. I might die. Right. <laughs> so. Um, I started doing, I would just simply sit on the floor of my, my room, that's my bed and I would stretch and I would breathe. Mm-hmm. That's it. Yep. And that right there for 15 minutes made me feel so much better. And I was like, yes. wow. It's <laughs> just disconnecting better. from everything, disconnecting from phones, from TVs, having the room to yourself, just having quiet for a few minutes a day and letting your whole nervous system relax. Yes. And then the breathing and it, it softens your muscles and, Mm -hmm. you know, you don't have the tense shoulders and all those feelings. And it was just unbelievable. I remember thinking, oh my gosh, what else can I do? Right. Uh Uh-huh. And then 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 sooner. (laughs) Yeah, I know. Seriously, no one teaches women that they, you have to put yourself in your day. And I get it. I have, I have, I have a fan. There's five people here plus my dog that I take care of every day. And it's, I, I either have to do a morning meditation or have to do a night meditation. And if I don't, I don't feel right inside. I feel Mm -hmm. stressed. I feel more on edge or, you know, these things. So do you meditate and do yoga daily? I, I don't do it daily. Um, I do take some time to just disconnect. Um, I like to walk. Um, Mm -hmm. I listen to podcasts. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, I I have an above ground pool in the backyard. So sometimes I just go out there by myself and just float. Um, Mm -hmm. in the summer, that's good. Um, but I do need to do more of it. I realize that I, I need to do more of it. Good. Good. I'm glad this helps you realized yeah that it's it's huge I mean especially if your kids are grown and you have more time to yourself now really like amp it up you know I need to yeah the thing is like so on like a like a physical 
aspect is when we, like you said, when we disconnect that nervous, our central nervous system from all of the things we have to do, then we're actually allowing our adrenal glands to stop and to relax as well, right? So the majority of us, if we have low thyroid, we have a stressed out adrenal glands because the adrenal glands are the thyroid's best friend. Yes. So when the thyroid's struggling, the adrenal glands rush over like, I'll help you. Mm -hmm. And we start releasing more chemicals to compensate for the thyroid that's struggling. And so when we do our self-care and we bring ourselves down and we relax and we bring our heart rates down, we're bringing the adrenal glands down and they're not pumping out all this adrenaline that is actually corrosive to our bodies. Right. So that on a physical level, just everyone knows, is a huge reason why we have to stop and relax. Yes. And so the other thing, um, just wrapping it up, is boundaries, like work boundaries. Yes. You know, a lot of people will just, like, there's this, also, there's this very male inner energy as far for women when it comes to our work it's like Mm -hmm. just you gotta hit it hard we gotta go 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 we're gonna be successful but i really don't feel like that is that is what women need right Mm -hmm. i agree Mm -hmm. i pushed myself to the point where i had um i was having back problems i was having uh, immune system problems um my husband was diagnosed with cancer um, the last year that I was teaching and it was just so many things were going on. And I was like, okay, I have to be healthy so that he can get healthy. Um, And I just kept pushing and pushing and I had no work boundaries. It was 24 seven. I was answering phone calls to parents or texts from parents, you know, from boss. And finally I just said, okay, this is it enough. And I was blessed enough to be able to retire and be able to stay home now. Um, I did work 30 plus years, you know, but it's important that that's another thing that we're not taught because we're taught that we have to compete with men and men work is their life. You know, family is the, the what else they have, but work is their life, their focus, their everything. They don't have all those other things pulling at them like the same way we do. Um, but we still think somehow we've been made to think we have to compete in the workforce. We're also trained up as little girls to be pleasers and to not say no. Um, you know, let everybody be your friend, help everybody out. You know, we need to retrain those things, especially in little girls. Yeah, absolutely. Because, and I love that you said it that way, um, because. Uh, we moms, we have so many other jobs that yes. are our priorities over our work, especially if you have multiple kids. Yes. Um, and that is where we are needed the most. And right. so, the, uh, so having work boundaries is huge, especially on the weekends. So like we were talking about, you can put that yourself into that relaxed state, have your boundaries. I, I do not work, you know, Friday evening through Sunday evening, period. I don't care what. You've got to create some boundaries. Yes. Um, that is really hard for me as well. And so that's something I'm working on too because I get messages all the time. And, you know, yes. when I hear my phone, it's so easy to just, <laughs> and the next thing I know, I'm in the middle of a conversation on a Saturday afternoon, you know. Right. And so, um, yeah, putting just, prioritizing and boundaries really also helps your physical body not be overwhelmed and the over pumping of those adrenal glands and all those things we just talked about. But the other thing that I wanted to point out really fast with this um, is we really um, push ourselves to on our cycles. And mm. the three days we're ovulating or leading up to ovulation, I know we're extra tired. When we're ovulating, ovulating, we're in a lot of pain, we're tired. Um, Leading up to our periods, on our periods, we're really in a lot of pain and tired. And when you have a thyroid illness and you're you're on your cycles, it is extra brutal. 
Yes, it is. mm -hmm. So there's another aspect that we all have to retrain ourselves on of being graceful and kind and understanding of ourselves Mm -hmm. when we're on our periods to say, I give myself permission to lay down. Yes, Mm -hmm. I agree. Absolutely. Because you can stress your body to the point that it's, you know, irreparable if you do not slow it down and do that. That's super important. Yeah, because it doesn't matter how much you caffeinate on your period, you just are dragging. And I don't know how many women with thyroid conditions have um, like really heavy periods, but I I went through um, a period of, of anemia um, and ended up going and having two different, um, ablations done because it was so heavy and so draining and low vitamin D, you know, um, just, it was detrimental because I would not slow down. So mm. I can totally relate to that. Yes. I think I needed to do a post on that. Actually, I need to put some spotlight on this more because that's, you know, when you have a thyroid condition and you're really struggling with low energy, and all of these things it's like your period can just take you down it can Mm -hmm. and a lot of women a lot of women shame you for that oh it's just cramps get over it we all have it you know and it's it's an an inability to understand or and uh we're just not educated enough on you know how it affects people differently we're not compassionate enough because like on the outside we look normal right and well and there goes those those male expectations of i Mm -hmm. threw it keep going you know don't whine don't complain shut up push through it all of these negative exactly that we get told just kind of right society in general you know and um I don't think you know people with thyroid conditions it just doesn't apply you have you're We have to treat ourselves differently. Right. I mean, if you know that someone has diabetes and you see them check their blood sugar or you watch them do certain self-care things, you're like, oh, okay, they need to do that. People don't look at someone with thyroid and go, oh, they're doing that to take care of themselves. That's great. We don't get encouragement um, or understand the same understanding that another disease or illness would would get yeah you know with so many women having thyroid conditions now and thanks to social media we're all able to talk about it a lot more there's definitely it's it's going to start happening you know there's going to be more understanding but the thing that um i think is the hardest is like we can we're all very empathetic and compassionate to each other and we understand right I think it's our spouses where the lack of understanding comes in the most. I think so. Um, it can. Yeah. So, yeah. maybe not Like you're napping day. again. <laughs> you know, yeah. I'm like, yeah, I need to make it through the rest of this day. You know, and, yeah. and you don't want to go on a daily basis and give them a checklist of all the things that you're feeling. I mean, I'm not going to tell every day. I'm not going to go, I have a headache and I, this and that, you know, you just kind of sneak in that self-care where you can and, you know, kind of just hope to get through your day without making it a big deal. Because you don't want to be, I mean, I don't want to oh. be looked at like I have a chronic illness, you know. The silent suffering. That's why it's called the yeah. the invisible invisible illness. Yes. Yeah, the, the silent suffering. Yeah. Maybe I should create a program specifically for men. So thyroid warriors can yes. watch like a video and be like, how to you understand- need to watch this. <laughs> how to understand what your wife is going through with this illness. Yeah. <laughs> what is a thyroid condition? And yes. yeah. Hmm. I, I bet a lot of women would be like, okay, I'm going to buy this and you're going to watch this. Oh, yes. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> I probably would have gotten that at one point in time. <laughs> I have a yeah. really understanding husband, but the rest of my family looks at me like I've lost my mind. You know, like, why are you not eating sugar? Why are you not? Why can't you have that? Just eat it. It's, you know, whatever. And I, I might try to explain to them and they just look at me like I, 
I have absolutely like I'm an alien and I'm like, well, this is what I have to do to feel good. <laughs> you know, have you had that at like Thanksgiving dinners and stuff with the food? Absolutely. Yes. They look at me like I am nuts. <laughs> I got that one year when I brought my own salad. Yes. <laughs> uh-huh. And they're like, you know, there's a ton of food over there. And I'm like, thanks, I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's a lot of shame that goes into it and embarrassment that you, yes. have, to, you have to endure. It's, it is hard. Yeah. So that's why you host dinner at your house. Yes. <laughs> it out, And then you get to choose all the food that's being made. It can all be gluten-free, dairy-free. <laughs> but then they ask me what's in this. What, why is, you know, how is this different? Because they know yeah. that I eat like that. But half the time they eat it and don't even realize, oh, that didn't have sugar in it. Uh-huh. I'm like, exactly. And it was good, right? <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, always those moments of like, see, healthy food can taste good. I told you. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much for your time. You brought up so many good points. And I really, I personally really resonate with what you've been through and it is hard and I I admire your strength I'm glad you're on somewhat of a better like well actually compared to your beginning a lot better path absolutely yeah now yeah let's get to connect with somebody who understands the journey you know and hopefully this will help other people on their journey absolutely I know it does I get messages all the time of like oh my gosh that episode helped me so much I didn't I mean you know, there's so many women that still don't even know that there's other women that go through this. And I'm yes. like, yeah, this is real. And we all feel, yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> <laughs> Well, Linda, I'm going to wrap it up. So I have just like a little spiel that I say that at the end, you're welcome to stay and listen or otherwise I will, um, I'll, I'll say goodbye and I'll message you um, when I'm finished. Your choice. Sounds good. Take care. All right, sweetie. Bye. All right. In closing, you guys, if you found this episode valuable, please leave a comment below. I know our volunteers would love to hear any feedback or moments that were impactful from you all. And don't forget to share this with a friend or family member who may also be suffering from a thyroid condition and is looking for some help. You can catch the replay on my YouTube at... Coach Sarah Joy. And if you're interested in being featured in my Thursday Friday Talk series, please DM me anytime to get on my calendar. Thank you all so much for your time. And I will talk to you later. Bye.